Yo, yo, what's going on, big dogs? Welcome into another episode of Adams Plus One. This episode features Aaron Leonard. Aaron is the PE teacher at Belvedere North High School, where he is also the men's varsity basketball assistant coach. During this episode, we discuss Aaron's coaching journey, sweeping Boylan for the first time in school history, and of course, I had a cheese head on the podcast, so we had to dive into Green Bay Packers and everything Jordan Love. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, give it a share. Let's dive in. So uh, what does a Tuesday in January, what, what is, what's the date today, January 23rd, what does a Tuesday look like for Coach Leonard? Well, this is a goofy Tuesday because we didn't have school today because apparently the roads are too icy this morning. Um, but normally it's uh, it's the last practice before a Wednesday night showdown in the Nick 10. So uh, Monday, typically we go through some film study with the guys, whether that's at the, the start of practice or the end of practice. Um, but we're showing them things that we're going to talk about, you know, Monday and Tuesday. Um, I feel like we tend to worry a little bit more about uh, the other team on Monday and then try to get back to ourselves on Tuesday and then kind of reiterate what we talked about on Monday. I'm um, just kind of a review session for the guys on Tuesday and then uh, get to the game on Wednesday. Yeah. Speaking of getting to the game, congrats on beating Boylan. First time sweeping them in school history, right? At Belvedere North. Yeah. Yeah, what what a feeling, man! What a feeling. Take me through. I don't I don't know the other game. Like, did you guys beat him in a close one the first time? What was the feel yeah. of first game versus second game? Yeah, we beat him by three at Boylan. Um, dude, the locker room was electric. I guess I'll get there. I'm just I'm getting ahead of myself. Go ahead, no, but, go uh, take your time. When uh when we beat him at Boylan, um, last year just to give you a little, I guess I'm just gonna go backwards a little bit. But last year we were a a very junior heavy team. Our best uh, student athlete last year was a senior. And he had uh, a partial tear of his PCL like four games into the season. Um, he battled back and he actually ended up playing in our regional semifinal loss. But we basically started five juniors last year and it wasn't supposed to be that way. And we went nine and we went nine and 23 and we battled, man. I mean, we had just a ton of like single digit losses, um, one possession losses. Like we just found crazy ways to lose basketball games last year, it seemed like. And like, you know, when you play 32 games and you have so many close losses, like you just sound like a broken record in those locker rooms because you're just so close. You just want to see those guys break through um, because they were locked in. You know, they were doing everything we were asking them to do is just, you know, we're starting five juniors in a in a very good Nick 10 conference last year. So um, flip the script. Now we're, we got five senior starters. Well, I should say we've got four senior starters. We have a junior that is starting um, and then we've got two seniors off the bench currently. So um you know, we're an experienced older high school team right now. Um, but anyway, so, um, you know, Boylan beat us twice last year and we went to Boylan to open up the Nick 10 season after we had a nice little Thanksgiving tournament. We were three and one coming out of that. And, you know, you could just feel it in the locker room before the game, like the guys were just ready and we kind of dominated the game for the most part, you know, we were in control and then uh, kind of late, Boylan made a little push. Um, they made some baskets, and we ended up winning by three. Um, I want to say they got it to within one, and they had the ball with about 40 seconds left. Um, and actually, we uh, we kind of overhelped, and, and and a guy got to the rim, and one of our best uh, defenders at the rim just tipped the ball enough to to keep it inbounds on the shot, and then we had another guy save it, kick it oh, to our best free throw amazing. shooter. They fouled us, and uh, we hit two at the line, and – and that was it. We won by three. It's that first one. It's the it's the anticipation on just make one, dude. Make this a four point game, right? Like oh, I imagine yeah. it was a, such a good feeling seeing that first make. 
Yes, it was awesome. And yeah, those guys, like, it's just like when you get a win like that, that early and it's boiling, um, it just kind of catapults your season, you know, like you just feed off that and you go, Hey, we've done this now. Like, let's take care of business against the teams that, you know, quote unquote, we're supposed to beat and battle in those 50, 50 games. And um, so far it's looked pretty good this season. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. Why don't you, Aaron, why don't you tell people who are listening where you coach the level that you coach at and how long you've been coaching? Let's just get your coaching resume out there. Nice. All right. So uh, this is my 13th year coaching high school basketball. Um, this is my second year as the varsity boys basketball assistant coach. Um, the head coach is Todd Brannon. So that's my second year coaching with Coach Brannon. The previous nine years before that, I was the head girls basketball coach. Um, and then I guess the two years prior to that, I was coaching uh, freshman boys at North and then freshman girls at Belvedere High School. So, awesome. um, yeah, yeah, the the journey, you know. Um, but the nine years with the girls, man, I learned a ton, um, just X's and O's. Um, and now, you know, being on the guy's side, it's, it's a whole different game as far as just like the speed and, and even some of the X's and O's are a little bit different, but, um, I don't think I could be where I, I am right now without coaching the girls those nine years. Definitely. You talked about the journey. Tell me what inspired you to start coaching basketball. I think I've always just kind of been a student of the game. You know, I, uh, you know, I was just a kind of typical high school basketball player. There was nothing to me. I was five foot nine at the time, 130 pounds, probably soaking wet. You know, I was just a little runt uh, and I just had a passion for the game and I, I understood it. Um, you know, I was very, I mean, I was a limited high school basketball player. You know, I ended up graduating and, and shooting up like five inches my first <laughs> two months of college and just changed the way I could play basketball. But, um, you know, when... When I was in high school, I actually coached the first team I like truly coached was I was a junior and I was coaching. Um, I was coaching other kids that were in high school that did not make the high school basketball team. Right. So all those guys went down to the Belvedere Y and I was their head coach. You know, I'm coaching kids my age and then some freshman kids, too. Um, and we were we weren't, you know, we weren't a great team, but, um, <laughs> you know, we ran plays like you know, I coached them. It wasn't just like, all right, we're, we're at the Y and we're just going to see what happens. Like if we, if it was see what happens, we probably wouldn't have won very many games. <laughs> so, uh, so we ran some stuff, you know, and we were competitive. I, uh, I remember, uh, having a, a very close battle with, you know, a better team. And I ran a play for this freshman kid and he ended up missing a jump shot from the short corner, but I ran it for him. He was so like pumped just that he got the opportunity, you know, cause these guys, that's all they were, they were hoping for. It was just right. a chance to play basketball. You know, they wanted to play yeah. in high school. They weren't good enough. Yeah. Plus it's really cool that you got to drop a play for a player. Cause you know what it's like because we played to be the player that you get the, the play drawn up for. Like that's an awesome feeling when you're on that side of the clipboard. For sure. And I'm sure someone that loves the game clearly like you talk through the passion of like being in situational basketball and drawing up plays. Is that, something you also like enjoy just as much as you did playing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, now coaching, coaching varsity boys basketball, it's like, we're really not surprising them with too much late in a game. If you're drawing something up, it's something that they've, they've ran in practice more times than not. Now, if, if, if the defense is showing us something, you know, we might be countering something that we saw earlier in the game. So it might not be normally what the play is, but right. you know, we're just adjusting based on what we've seen throughout the game, but it's nothing, it's nothing new to the guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still, I still, I love that, you know, and what's awesome about coach Brandon is he allows me to do that still as the assistant, you know, like when I, when I went from being a head coach to the assistant coach, 
I was kind of wondering, like, what is that going to look like for me? You know, I've, I've been very used to being in control of my team, you know, and, and being the guy that makes the decisions. And, you know, now it's like, well, Coach Brandon definitely makes the final call. But, um, I mean, it's like 50-50. You know, I feel like I'm I'm right there with him. And, and he actually was just telling me this yesterday at practice. He's like, man, I just feel like we're really feeding off of each other now, our second year coaching with each other. It's like we're thinking – almost the same things like simultaneously, you know, and, and yeah. it's just a, it's an awesome feeling to hear the head coach say that. Definitely. Definitely. Talk through that going from being in charge to being the assistant. Did you have to have to sit down with him and say, Hey, like, what are my roles and responsibilities? Because that is a different role. And, and what is your role as the assistant on the varsity team? Um, I mean, we definitely, I definitely asked that question early on, like, what's your expectations of me? Like, what do you, what do you want me to to do, you know, for the team. And he basically just kept it simple. And he said, be you, you know, okay. you got something to say, say it. Like, I don't That's hold awesome. back. And I'm <laughs> like, well, if, if you're giving me that leash, man, <laughs> be ready. Cause I'm coming, you know, um, I feel like, uh, I'm like the hype guy though. You know, like I'm the hype guy in the locker room, getting them just pumped up before a game, you know, um, I, coach Brandon is in his, you know, his low fifties, you know, I'm in his, my mid thirties. So maybe I can relate a little bit more to the guys. I mean, he does a great job of relating to them too, but uh, maybe they look at me a little bit different because I'm a little bit younger. Um, I'm up to date with the music and, and all right. that stuff that they're playing, you know, in the locker room. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the hype guy pregame, but like, and, but I'm still the X's and O's guys in the game and then at halftime and, and post game, whatever, like depending on how it's going. Like I just, I just coach them up the way I've always coached them up. Nothing has changed about my coaching style since I became an assistant. And I love that. Yeah. I love that for you, man, to be able to go to work and, and coach basketball the same way you were as the head coach of the, of the girls touched on something very interesting. And, and I want to kind of move towards that is you can relate to these players. So give, give the listeners, like what's the best advice you can give on how to motivate the, the current age, current day, high school basketball player. Uh, something that I, I, I tell my team like seriously weekly is we have to find our own little piece of motivation for each game of the season. Like, and I feel like if you don't do that and if I don't say those things, it's just like, it's just another game, you know, like, especially like the non-conference games because you might not have like a rivalry with them, you know? Um, so it's like, you know, what, where can I go back, you know, to last season when we struggled and go, I'm bringing this from last year's game. I'm bringing it, you know, to you guys now so that you can motivate yourselves for tomorrow or for this game tonight or, or whatever. Um, but I also bring up a lot of times just like how much time we put in, how much effort we put in um, just because, you know, they, they, they've gotten up at 8 a.m. like three, four days a week in the summers, you know, weight training sessions. They lift during the school day. It's like when you put all that time together, it's like, let it be worth something. You know, you're definitely going to gain some, some valuable life lessons from being part of it, but like, man, let's have some success, you know, like let's enjoy it and let's have like memories that we can talk about forever. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I think what you're, what you're touching on there is you got to kind of get creative because you want to come up with a theme of the week or theme of the next game, if you will. Right. So you're looking back to me. What I love about that for you is, uh, I was listening to Nick Saban on, on Pat McAfee's, uh, podcast Mm -hmm. and he was talking about like like he just reads and listens to so much and he writes a bunch of stuff down because it could be one phrase or whatever and i'll just use that for the next game i'll use that for this game and before you know it you have this library of just kind of creativity that you're kind of drawn on because we know what it's like like mid-season of high high school basketball is a long season right 
So like you get to a point where you're like, man, when when is our last game? When when does when do the playoffs start? When do when do we go on? Right. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm happy that they have you for that. I have a good one. Uh, yeah, give me that. One. Give we it played to so we we upset Auburn on like the fourth or fifth game of the conference season. Auburn was kind of and you know this being around the Nick Ten like Auburn yeah. is a perennial like conference title contender and going into this season they were probably on paper if not the best probably the second best team in the Nick Ten. So that whole day at school, you know, like all the all the non-basketball players are just like, Leonard, man, how are you guys going to win tonight? And I'm like, what do you mean? You know, we just we're going to do what we what we do. We got to do it well and we're going to go and win a game. You know, like I go be there and be loud and and help us, you know. Yeah. So by the end of the school day, so many so many kids had asked me, like, you know, you know, how are you guys going to win or this is going to be a tough game? And, and they're not wrong, but like it was just firing me up like. By the time the game started, we were in the locker room. I told the guys, I'm like, I'm sick of hearing about Auburn. I'm like, I'm ready to hear about us, yeah. you know, and who we have. I'm like, hopefully by the end of this game, they're going to know who, you know, Braden Brown is, you know, who's a senior on our team, who Logan Kohler is, who Nate Binkley is. Like, they're going to know who we are by the end of this game because we're going to do what we're supposed to do. And we went out and we won it. And we won by two. Um it was just, it was an awesome night. And then in the locker room post game, I brought it up again. I said, Hey, if they didn't know about who Braden Brown is and who Nate Binkley is and who Logan Kohler is, they know now, you know, and it just like the locker room erupted. It was awesome, man. I love that. I love that mindset because some of my best friends in life, they know that I'm a stickler about exactly what you're talking about. And I, I could be, we play a game of 2K online and they were like, Oh man, you see that guy's gamer tag? Oh yeah, I know that guy. He's good. I've seen him on Twitch or growing up playing against players. And, it's, and like they're getting shook before we even step on the court. You're like, dude, you're pretty damn good too. Give yourself some credit, right? Like he has to guard you. You don't have to guard him too. Like we we both play offense and defense here. And I mm-hmm. love that that you you tapped into that and drilled it home. So then the next time they go against whoever that is, fill in the blank. Well, remember what's the name? What's the name of that kid? Brandon Browner is that his name? Uh, Bra- Braden Brown. Braden Brown. Brandon Brown was a football player, right? Braden Brown, right? Like now it's like, hey, they got to guard you, Braden, right? Like yeah. that's that's awesome. That's a winner's mentality too. It's like a, being aggressive. So sure. kind of something I want to touch on is this is kind of the stereotype. You know, hey, these kids these days aren't as tough as they were when you and I were growing up, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It feels like we heard that when we were kids, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is there is that mindset or is that notion of softer mentality – baby coddling kids is that something you see or how do you, you're you're in the school you're in the hallway you're right. you coach these guys give us give us like kind yeah. of a temperature on that man i go back and forth on that you okay. know because I, I think like within your question there you said like the generation before you or the generation before me they were saying that about us you know and we don't feel that about ourselves right like you know we grew up in the ymca and Belvedere, man we're <laughs> diving up we're taking charges in the ymca league you know what i'm saying like we're tough you know yeah. um I think you're just the product of the environment that you're in. Like for me, like if, if I want to be a softer coach, then I'm going to, I should expect to be coaching softer kids. You know, like I haven't changed the way I've coached in the 13 years. No, no doubt about it. Cool. You know? Um, so I, I, again, I, I don't think, um, I don't think the kids that I'm coaching are any softer or any tougher than the kids I coached 13 years ago. Like I think the biggest thing that I've seen along the way my coaching journey is just um, like the social media aspect of it with like kids posting stuff, like whether we won or lost or, or or other teams posting stuff or, or like 
you know, parents kind of posting stuff, you know, like right. instead of having the face to face with the coach or, or dealing with it with their own kid, like they go to Facebook and post something. And, and, and now I will say like, that's a little bit more few and far between. Like, I think people are learning, you know, as, as we've had more social media time, but um, I think that is like some of the biggest differences. Like when I played like social media, wasn't a thing, smart, a smartphone wasn't a thing, you know, it was T9 texting back then. So, like, <laughs> uh, I, I think that's, I, I think that's the biggest difference. Like, yeah, I mean, I, and I've been teaching basically as long as I've been coaching and I do think there's maybe a little bit more coddling in the school, Okay, you know, as far as like getting students by, um, but you know, we've had, some, there, there is long- the incentive, not the incentive, but there's kind of the push. We want to have a high, uh, graduation rate. I, I'm going to guess, right. I don't think yeah, you're yeah, yeah, on that, the district for saying that. Yeah, no, that's a, I mean, that's a push in any school. Any school. They, I mean, and, and, and I always like, I always think in my head, like we all want the students to graduate. You know, I like, I didn't, I didn't get into teaching to fail, to fail students in PE, you know what I'm saying? But like, um, yeah, I mean, I just think, I think students like, it's not even calling. I just think like students like expect like more handouts now, you know, or like, like a deadline doesn't mean it's a deadline. Like, no, it's a deadline. You can't turn something in. You can't make something up. Like, that's it. Like, that's how it goes. And if you plan on doing something post high school, whether that's college or getting, getting a job, like. Eventually, they're going to say, "Hey, this is when something is due." And if you, you start at eight, they're not at eight oh five. Yeah, there's going to be there's going to be consequences about it. So, speaking of like everything with coaching, with where you're at, you've been coaching. I think you said 13 years, right? Mm-hmm. So, long term, where does Aaron want to end up? Do you have like a long term? I want to be a college coach. I want to be a this coach, or is it just, "Hey, I'm coaching, man. I'm loving it, and I'm I'm just in the moment." Like, where are you at with that? Um. I think if you would have asked me that question like 10 years ago, I would have been like, man, love to coach at the college level, you know? And I would still say that. Like if somebody walked in and said, Hey, you want to be the head coach at North Carolina? I'd be like, <laughs> sure. Yeah, let's do it. You know? But um, I think I was a little bit naive, like in my early twenties, getting out of college and like trying to get into coaching just as far as like the steps that you have to take. Um, You know, I went to to Northern Illinois university and, I didn't do anything in regards to basketball while I was there. You know, I went and watched the guys play a few times. Um, NIU wasn't really good when I was there. They're still not really good now. So, um, you know, it's like, you gotta, you gotta take those steps a little bit, you know, early on, whether you're in college or right after college, you know, so definitely like a dream of mine at one point and still would be to, to coach college basketball. But, uh, you know, I've been a teacher and a coach this long, you know, I provide for my family. I have two kids now. I have a yeah. three and a half year old and I have a one and a half year old. And it's just like, you know what, if, if I'm a, a basketball coach at the high school level for the next 30 more years, you know, I'll retire a, a happy man and a happy dad. So, oh yeah. oh yeah. How many, so you have two kids, boy, girl, what do you got? Two boys? I have a boy and a girl. Yep. My boy Archer is, is, will be four in April. And then uh, my baby girl Palmer, she'll be two in June. Okay. Well, you got to give me the story on Archer because I love that name. But where where did you guys get the name? Uh, you know, like I was just looking up, I was just looking up boy names. I was kind of like in my head, like wanted him to have an A for his yeah. first name. Um, but it wasn't like the end all be all. Um, I just remember me and my wife, we had like, we had like 13 or 15 names down for a long time. I was like, okay, we got to start eliminating. <laughs> we got down to We're like, not having 13 kids, honey. <laughs> right. No, that's not happening too. too. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh. Uh, we got down to like five and I remember we went out for breakfast and it was just like, Hey, 
let's let's rank our five names. Let's kind of put it out on the table. And, you know, if we both have a different number one or whatever, like now we have a conversation, but like if we've got the same number five and the same number four, like let's just get these names, you know, we ended up having and and we're like kind of polar opposites for the most part, like, you know, opposites attract type thing between me and my wife. But it's like we had the exact same order. So it was like, all right, we're 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 really doing this. Yeah. You know, so we yeah, went with yeah. Archer. That's cool. I'm a huge Green Arrow fan. I'm a huge DC comic fan. And Green Arrow is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Stephen Amell plays Arrow, but he's an archer and I like shooting like archery, right? So mm-hmm. I love that. So I want to transition away from coaching. Well, we will come back to it, but sure. let's get in. I know people that are going to listen, they're going to want to know all about your coaching. So we put it on the front side, but let's mm-hmm. get into the the nuts and bolts, some good stuff. First of all, I got to tell you, thank you. I was very tired on Sunday. I saw that tweet and I was surprised when it said the Packers had lost that many games, but had a lead in the last five minutes because I had to think about those games. And then you brought up the Cardinals and I'm like, yeah, you're right. They did lose that game. So I think they had some other team on it. Thank you for correcting me. Hey, Got hey, that off there amazing. real quick. It's amazing. I can remember so many heartbreaking playoff <laughs> losses. Let me tell you. Hey, if it was a bears, I would have done the same thing for you. I'd have been like, Hey man, like, but I saw that and I thought, wow. I, and, it, and just so you know, we're going to get into it, but I'll open up with my soliloquy here. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to you about Bear fan to Packer fan. Let me just get some things on the floor with you. Let's do it, I man. see a lot of Packer fans out there, and I I got no problem with Packer fans. In fact, <laughs> my sister Cara has been with Adam. Uh, they actually, I, she doesn't want me to tell anyone, but they'll find out probably after I post this. They're married, so he's a huge Packers fan. Okay, here's the thing. At some point in your life as a Bears fan, I'm a realistic football fan. You get to the point where you go, damn, dude damn, Green Bay does it right. You know what I mean? You're like, geez, I got a lot of respect for what they're doing up there, right? And loved Brett Favre, one of my favorite players to watch. Loved watching Aaron Rodgers. It sucked, dude. You know, I mean, I'm talking like the pain that that guy caused. Then you just get used to it, and then they draft Jordan Love in years ahead. They're always, the Packers are like the adults. They're always planning for the future. The Bears, to me, are like children, right? Just doing whatever they want. there's There's no vision, right? Kids are just running around in circles. Dude, you're so, making it easy for me right now, man. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm giving it. I'm giving you everything so that way you know when I say things, you're like, oh, he's not coming from this place. For when sure. Aaron Rodgers was on the Packers, I actually started to get to the point because I liked him, even though he does the I own the Bears. Okay, yeah, yeah, you do. I know. But I got to the point where I was actually annoyed with the franchise for a few years when they drafted Love, and then you look and you're like, man, they haven't given the guy a number one first pick as a receiver, some weapons. You have Aaron Rodgers, you go in every year, in my opinion, right? So... Then it kind of changed towards the end because he he gets real prickly. He's going on Pat McAfee, and imagine you're a coach every week going to the press conference, and you got to answer about Brandon Brown, who's at on a podcast talking, making passive aggressive comments, and that's a that's a lot to deal with. All this to say, now I'm at a point where I'm fine with the Packers franchise. I actually admire them a lot. I like this. I like Jordan Love. What I do not like, I'll be honest with you, is Aaron Rodgers always talking about how. I own the Bears and pats himself on the back when I see him talk because here's my perspective, okay? I'm going to give it to you. Huge Tom Brady fan. I think he's the GOAT. It's just hard to argue. But there's other guys too. I've never seen Tom Brady or Peyton Manning brag about beating the worst team in their their division, right? Like, when have you seen a clip of Tom Brady going, I own the Jets? Well, no shit. Everyone's owned the Jets, bro. They suck. The Bears suck. Like, we've had five coaches in the last 10 years or whatever it is. So my point is, that stuff annoys me. But Packer fans... Jordan Love. I was rooting. I wanted Jordan Love to beat the Niners because I like this kid, man. He didn't he didn't ask to be drafted there. I think he handled the situation great, right? I like watching him play. So I'm saying all this to you to now ask you, 
main takeaways from the game, from the game, and you can feel free to respond to that first. Is there anything that you disagree with? Come at me because, (laughs) because here's the thing. I love Aaron Rodgers, but I don't like the patting himself on the back for beating the bears. When it's like, I saw you come up small in some NFC championship games that it's like, you only won one Super Bowl. Like I wish we had more in, in the last 10 years as a Packer fan, as a Aaron Rodgers fan for that time period. Like, come on, man, you got to win a big game. Like that's how I really feel. And that's not a shot at him, I think, but go ahead. Floor is yours. I'm going to go on mute. Go for it. Um, well, I think the whole, I own you, you know, Chicago type thing just is because of the rivalry that is the bears and the Packers like that. That's a storied rivalry. Like, that'll go toe to toe against any rivalry in my book. And obviously you're a bears fan. I'm a Packers fan. So like, we look at that a little bit different, but like, I don't look at jets, Patriots or Colts, Texans, like the, the way that most NFL fans look at the bears and the Packers. But um, yeah, you know, I, I, I think Jordan love, like you said, he handled, he handled everything so well, but so did Aaron Rodgers way, way, way back when, right? Like he was just like this, this guy that was supposed to get drafted first overall. And, and, and dropped in the draft and the Packers scoop him up. And then he, he sits there for three years. Like you didn't really know much about him. And even after he had that Super Bowl victory, it was kind of a flash in the pan a little bit because they were the sixth seed. They went on the road. Um, and then, yeah, it was like, he played the underdog role role well that year. And then after that, he was just like, he was awesome. Like he was one the next season, I think, right. It was 15, 15 and one lost at home to the giants the Giants go and win the Super Bowl, yeah. you know, so it's like we didn't lose to anybody. I'm a we guy, by the way. Like, I'm going to say we when I'm Go talking about it. the Packers. Don't worry about everybody it. We're gets, fans, fanatics. People get mad at me, and I'm just like, dude, I'm we because I'm all in all the time. You get to how passionate I am as I'm talking about I love it. Um, But, like, yeah, at the at the end of the Rodgers era in Green Bay, it you know, like, I love Aaron Rodgers. And – Brett Favre made me a Packers fan, you know, like he's the guy I grew up with watching. But like when I watched Aaron Rodgers play and I watched him win a Super Bowl and I was in my early 20s, it was like awesome to to be that age and watch your team win. Yeah. I mean, he's my favorite player, yeah. you know, but he became, you know, uh, I don't, I, a media guru, you know, I, yeah. I for, a, for, a, for a lack of a better term, I don't want to say on your podcast, you no, know, like he was a media whore, man, you know, yeah. like he just. He he wanted the spotlight all the time, and it was all about him, and it wasn't even about the Green Bay Packers anymore. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's funny because I never wanted to see him leave. And, you know, when he went to the Jets, it's like I didn't know how to feel about it when the season started and obviously only played four plays, but it was like part of me wants to see him just ball out and go, this is Aaron Rodgers. He's a dude. You know, he's been a dude. Like, don't deny his greatness. Right. You know, but then part of me is like, man, I kind of want you to just suck because <laughs> – I want like I don't want you to hold the Lombardi trophy for a, for another, another team, team if you were to do that. You know, like yeah. I I wanted it to be with the Packers and and it didn't happen again. So, but um Jordan Love, like I, I think he's done everything right up to this point. Um I guess I'll I'll try and transition into just the the kind of the synopsis hey, of the Give, the give me your takeaways from from the Niners game specifically. You can actually, you know, touch on the Cowboys and the Niners game and then where are you at with them? Are you sold long term? Yeah. Any concerns, go for it. Well, the first takeaway is not even Jordan Love related. Like, I thought the Packers defense just finally showed up, like, really both weeks. Like, I know the Cowboys ended up with 32 points, but they scored two touchdowns on pretty much backups at the end of that game. Um, And they should be showing up. They have a bunch of first-round draft picks on that defense, you know. So 
it's interesting to see what's going to happen with Joe Barry um, in the off season. You know, I don't know. I mean, he may have saved his job and he may have not. I mean, as a Bears fan, you know that, right? Like, you know, I feel like did they do just enough at the end to just like hold on to it for another year? Or is it like, OK, but you didn't do it the entire time and we need to cut, cut you loose. Yeah. Um, so I thought the defense played really well. Um, you know, the 49ers game, I, my first takeaway is just like. I feel like we should still be playing football this week, like feel like we we didn't dominate the game, but we outplayed them for the majority of the game. Now, the 49ers are legit. They just have dudes everywhere. Their roster is just loaded. So it's like, yeah, you can outplay them and not win. And that's what happened. I mean, when you have the chance to kind of step on their throat, you have to do it. And the Packers didn't do that. There were so many like what if plays in that game. And there probably are in like every game that you lose. But like just seemed like there was a lot of them in this game that you go back to like, oh, maybe the game is over with if that happens or if that happens. Like if they just take three early on instead of going for it on fourth and one, like who knows, you know, like it it is what it is now. Um, but I'm, I'm very happy with where they're at. Uh, they're not far away, right? Like this was supposed to be the rebuild and they were a couple plays away from playing for an NFC championship game in Detroit. Like if you sign me up for that four months ago, Hey, you're going to, you're going to be one drive against the 49ers away from, from playing Detroit in the NFC championship game. I'd be like, Really? Okay. I'll be very yeah. honest with you. I'm, I've been rooting really hard for Detroit. Got a lot of love for the for the team. My girlfriend Katie got her into football. She loves Detroit, so that's her team now, which I like seeing. I, as a Detroit fan, I was scared as a Detroit fan this year, not a fan, but you know what I mean. I was like rooting for yeah. them. Scared the Packers were going to win because I'm like, dude, the Lions have a way better chance, in my opinion, against the Niners than they do the Packers. They just don't match up with the Packers. They do not match, right. especially in a dome. Like you saw with those young receivers in Green Bay. Yeah did to the Cowboys defense in a dome. Mm-hmm. Lions don't have the Cowboys defense. I mean, yeah. I think the Cow- I think the Packers would have been in the Super Bowl if they won that game. I, I, I felt that all week. I, I told a bunch of people, I think the winner of that game is going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, yeah. just felt like that. But you know what? I say that, and Dan Campbell might hear the podcast and go, hey, what is this guy saying? <laughs> no, we got and, something and then, else to say about that. And then actually, I, I felt that way too. But then the way that the Packers played, I thought, dang, dude. they kind of, Aaron Jones kind of had his way a little bit in that game. Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery can do the same. And for sure. You're watching the game and you're watching Purdy. This is one thing I love about playoff football is all year, you're like, yeah, he's pretty good. But he's in a, a good surrounding, surrounding cast. Then you get to the playoffs and you look at Jordan Love. And I don't know, he's he 6'3, 6'4. He's prototypical, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just got a huge cannon, real athlete, you know, prototypical quarterback on one side, first round draft pick. You watch Brock Purdy, and if you didn't know anything about football, you just watched. You just dropped in from from outer space, and you would just be like, "Yo, quarterback on, on the Niners, not very good." Because no. he's just small, little hands. Like the, when the pocket gets pushed in his face, watching Jordan Love. I mean, he, none of that stuff is going to face him against no. really good defenses. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now you see why they do what they do at the combine. It makes sense when you're watching a game like that, right. for sure. Yeah. So, okay, you're you're sold. You 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 would not be upset if you see green bay they're gonna extend love right they're, I are you thinking a big to. contract how what do you how do you feel about that i mean I, I hope i really hope he he does a you know quote unquote team friendly deal a, a little bit right because like they're gonna have to pay somebody out of this receiving core in a few years from now right. like and maybe and i don't know like does jordan love go dude i sat and i waited and it's time to get paid or does he see himself as like dude i'm gonna be here for 10 more years and like I need, I want to win one. Like, I don't want, like, making money's awesome, 
I want to win one. I mean, I play for the Green Bay Packers. Like, this is why I play for the Green Bay Packers is to win championships. Like that. That's just the the mode out there, you know. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Like, I mean, I hope they don't overpay him, but like, if he's a guy, he's the guy, right? Like, you don't want to be juggling quarterbacks and and scrambling to find somebody. Like, if you think he's a guy, like, pay him and keep him around. It just you got to be smart about it so that you can build around him too. At the same time, he knows what the that's what the best teams do. I mean, the, what the Packers do better than anyone is draft and develop. Dude, take another team. Hall of Fame quarterback off the roster. Left tackle during the season, Hall of Fame left tackle. I don't think he's playing. I'm pretty sure he's injured, right? Am I right about that? Oh, yeah. He didn't play really the whole year. Didn't play the whole year. Nothing but rookies and second-year receivers. And Christian Watson was hurt most of the year. I didn't see him play much. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fantasy. Aaron Jones was hurt most of the year after he burned yeah. the Bears and hurt his, his hamstring. He yeah. burned the Bears yeah. so bad that he got injured for like most of the season. He couldn't get over it, and then he comes back. By the way, talk about taking a team-friendly deal. Aaron Jones took a team-friendly, and Aaron he Jones deserved more man, money. Dude. He is, the, Jones man. is the man. And he had He's Jordan Love's good... back the whole time, too. He's such a good guy, Aaron oh. Jones, just from like, you know, just the media perspective, like what you see on the on social media and the media. It just seems like he is just the best guy ever. Yeah, they, they do it right. You no, know, Green Bay, they every year they always have receivers. I, I just have nothing but nothing but respect, like I said. And I'm not even, to go back to my whole soliloquy earlier, and I'm not like upset at Rodgers. It's just when then when people say the, the greatest of all time, I get annoyed because I think his talent still, even though he's remarkable, his talent and his potential is still higher than what he achieved, not as an individual, but with his team, because he has all the, he has what, four MVPs? He's done mm-hmm. it all. Just wished, and you know the games, I'm not, I'm not, I'll run through a quick few of them. The Seahawks at the Seahawks, NFC title game. I'm watching that game. It's like, dude, Russell Wilson threw you three picks. You got to win that game. And yeah. I know a lot of people will say, hey, the onside kick, but it should have never came down to that. You're Aaron sure. freaking Rodgers. You're the baddest dude, right? That mm. game bothered me. And then, the one at the Niners where Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo handed the ball off the whole game, hey, you, they have dudes. It is what it is. Yeah. But the one against the Falcons, it's like, yeah, they scored a lot of points. First half, Packers didn't score many points. And I didn't think Atlanta's defense was that great because of, two weeks later, Tom Brady was down 28-3, came yeah. back on him. It is what it is. They were a good team. And then against losing, losing to Brady, it's like it's just not a good look yeah, that you're that- at home. Right. Yes. The the Falcons one doesn't bother me because no. the Packers team that year kind of overachieved in 2016. It's that 2014 team that you're talking about in Seattle. And then the 2020 team against Tom Brady, yeah. you know, just there, there were opportunities in that game. Like I know Kevin King got beat like deep at the end of the first half for a touchdown by Scotty Miller. Um, you know, then that play like sticks out to everybody like, Oh, Kevin King, like he shouldn't be on our team. It's like, but Rogers got, the ball back multiple times in the second half with an opportunity to like tie it or take the lead and it never happened. So yeah, yeah, yeah that, that before really halftime un- that flipped the game, dude. That that throw to Miller flipped the game. On that head. was really unfortunate because then Tampa went and played Kansas City, who was like down every lineman, and right. like it's like the Packers probably would have won that Super Bowl won in that 20, 2014. The Packers beat the Patriots at Lambeau, right. and then they would have played the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And man, talk about like that would have been the Super Bowl of all Super Bowls, and had I the know. Packers won it. I could just like they would never have to win another one. Change they would have won 20, 2014 yep. against the Patriots. I'm good on football. <laughs> Seriously, changes everything. And I was thinking the same thing when I watched that game. Holy crap! If Green Bay wins, they beat New England in a great game in Green Bay that year. That was a really good game that those two played. And everyone's thinking these two might see each other down the road. Okay, got a few more minutes left. We got about four minutes. Quick, quick hitter. You're Aaron Leonard. I put you as I replace you with Ryan Poles. Just think about being a Bears fan for a second. Be honest. What are you doing with the number one overall pick? 
it's such a tough question, man. Seriously. Like, and I've thought about it. Um, like Justin Fields, you know, for the most part, you know what you have in Justin Fields, but you don't know what you have in Justin Fields with uber talented, everything around him. Right. And right now you have a golden opportunity to potentially do that. Yeah. You know, you saw how much better he became as a quarterback this year with just DJ Moore, who's a, who's a very good, yeah. you know, wide receiver one for a team, but like, I don't know. Is he like an alpha? You know what I mean? Like, is he like there? Are, there are guys that you can go. They're better than DJ Moore. He's a he's so not like, a top five, right? We know that. Right, no, he's really no, good. No, he's a number one. He's, really he's not good. top five, right? For sure. And um, you know, I think you know. You gave me the hypothetical. I would keep. I would keep Fields, and I would. I would do what I can with that that number one overall pick as far as trading back, but still not going too far back that you can get Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, or the, or the, the wide receiver out of Washington, um, Rome. Odunze. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, you got like, the neighbors from like, LSU. You got, you got some right. Options. But like, I would go for Marvin Harrison, yeah. you know, like he just looks the part, you know, um, I just feel like if you go and get Caleb Williams, you know, you, obviously you're going to get rid of Justin Fields and you're resetting the whole quarterback clock thing. You're not paying him a bunch of money, whatever, but is it just going to be another rerun of Caleb Williams having to kind of learn the NFL? And he, he has DJ Moore, and he might have a little bit more weapons at that point than Fields did. But is he going to be ready? Like, doesn't Caleb Williams have to be Joe Burrow or Josh Allen to like draft him? Because if he's like, even if he's like Trevor Lawrence, what we saw from Trevor Lawrence, you don't want that. You don't want to give up Justin Fields for what we've been seeing out of Trevor Lawrence, and he was the number one overall pick. Right. So it's like, I think you keep Fields and you build around him. And, you know, Fields knows he's he's struggled. Like, I don't think Fields is going to just ask for an arm and a leg. I mean, maybe he will, but, like – That's the thing. Will he? Like, he asks for more money than he's worth. It's like, dude, you you haven't even thrown his – I think you and Jordan Love have thrown the same – close to the same amount of touchdowns after the playoffs, and he's played, like, way – like, less than right. half the games, dude. Come on. Right, so you could still build, and there's still so much money on that team. Like, I've seen, like, reports of, like, Max Crosby ending up in Chicago. Dude, when I right. see these, like – hypotheticals with the bears are like dude that could be a nasty team and i want nothing to do with that like yeah whatever they do i hope they screw it up i'm just gonna say that <laughs> trust but, like, me whatever they do i'm gonna feel like they screw it up if they take caleb i'm gonna be like yeah but i'm like oh and then if they keep fields i'm be like oh caleb's gonna go yeah. they're in the worst position they're in the most bears position i've ever seen so this season here's having a great season kind of like give me the, the lay of the land who are your like or and i know they're all working hard but like some of the guys that you're just really impressed with on the, on the squad this year that have really put in the work for sure. Well, I'll start with uh, Adam Brown. He's a senior. Um, and actually, I didn't mention his name earlier when we were talking about the Auburn game because he did not play against Auburn. He was injured. And we beat we beat Auburn without our leading scorer, who's Adam. Um, Adam's a senior. Like, he he reminds me a lot of my cousin Dustin. Um, and you know Dustin. Know but, like, he reminds me a lot of, like, Dustin as far as, like, his skill set and his game. He's, he's inside, he's outside, like spin moves in the middle of the lane and all that, all that good stuff. He can, he can knock down threes rebounds pretty well. Um, he's just been, uh, he's been a lot more vocal um, as a leader this year. Like I felt like last year, I, like I said, like all these guys were juniors and just kind of got thrown into the fire, but Adam was up as a sophomore and I wasn't on the staff yet when he was a sophomore, but you know, he's been basically a starter for three years, but he didn't take really a vocal uh, role last year as a junior and this year you can tell like it just means a lot more to him and it, and it always does to seniors because it's like this is it man like Adam is definitely good enough to go and play college basketball and he's he's thinking about it I think he probably will um 
but he's had a really good year. He just hit a thousand points um, like a week ago, a little bit over a week ago. Um, last Friday against Boylan, it was senior night. We have six seniors. Adam decided to not start. Um, he, he asked for one of our other seniors to start and the other senior, like he gets playing time, but he's not a starter. And Adam gave up that, that spot for, you know, a senior night. And I just remember being in high school, like nobody that I played with would have done that. Like they wouldn't have like, and I don't want to say like, we were all selfish, but we all wanted that. We all wanted to be, Hey, it's senior night. And I'm starting because I'm a senior, you know, like, and a lot of people do have that attitude. And like, Adam's just like, I've started for three years. Like this is going to be more to this other, other kid to start than for me to start my 90th, you know, high school basketball game. So that was awesome to see. And and the kid that started for him responded so well and played a great game. So yeah, that that's a memory that, his name's Grant, but that's a memory that Grant's going to have forever because he got to start and then he, he played really well in the game as well. So Adam, for sure. Um, Braden Brown, uh, senior shooting guard, um, just a guy that's just like, he has no basketball filter. He's got no conscious, like, dude, he just, he just like, almost like Brandon Schwepke, man, like for real, like, just like, dude, I'm just going to, uh, if I'm open, I'm shooting it. Like, I don't care if I missed the last three, I'm open and I'm a shooter. I'm going to shoot it. And you have to be that way as a shooter because Braden's had a 30 point game this year. He's had multiple 20 point games. Like the last two games, um, there's probably a lot of key on, on Adam and Braden went off for, I think 23 and 21 and, and hit like six threes in a game. So it's like, he's just, he's a lot of high school uh, players aren't like that, you know, like they'll, they'll miss a couple and then they get in their own head and they, they don't shoot. And you're like, well, if you're not going to shoot and you're a shooter, just, just sit the bench because like, you're not helping us. Like you need to go out there and shoot the ball. So he's been like that for the two years that I've been with him. And and I love that about him that he just, he's a go-getter. Like you can admire gonna, it. Cause you're like, damn dude, you don't, cause they don't even, he doesn't even understand that. Like doesn't right. No, no idea. What it's like to be on the other side of the fence. Yeah. And that's the, that's like the great thing. And like being around him for two years now, like you kind of know when it's like, okay, I think I need to take him out for a minute just like a quick minute reset and get back in because I know nothing's going to change. If I, if I take him off the court, he's not going to rethink like, man, I missed two of those shots. No, he's going to go, dude, I need to hit the next one because I want to win. You know, like he was just talking the whole, the whole day at school when we played boy and he's just like, I want it so bad. I want to sweep them so bad. Like one's not good enough. You know, just beating them once at Boylan's not good enough. I want to beat them at home. I want to beat them on senior night. And I want to be a, a reason why we do that. And he, and he went and led our team in scoring that night. And then uh, um, I'll shout out Logan Kohler. He's uh, another senior. Like I said, like we're very senior heavy. But Logan Kohler has gotten so much better um, as a basketball player in, in the last year. Um, I felt like he was just kind of like an average basketball player a year ago starting for us. Like he does a lot of things well. Um, but I think now, like this senior year, like, dude, he has done everything for us. Like he's our leading rebounder. And if he's not, he might be our second. We've got another kid, Nate Binkley. They they average like seven, eight boards a game. Like they kind of just are fighting for rebounds down there. Um, but he can go and defend the best player on the other team, depending on the skill set. Like he talks, he leads, he he handles the basketball when like they try and take our point guard like out of the game, you know, it's just like, that's such a big, that's such a big thing to have. On the he, he, he just does. He just does a little bit of everything. And I just respect him so much for that. And we need that. Like need the utility guy, man, like to think about like coaching the team next year and, and not having him. It's like, 
who's going to do that for us next year? Like some, like, I hope these kids that aren't, you know, necessarily getting time right now that are juniors or even the sophomores are like watching Logan Kohler and like, dude, if I can like do a little bit of all of those things, I'm going to play a ton, yeah. you know? So and we're going to yeah. win because I'm going to help us win. And I love all, I love all my guys, man. Like I could, I could talk I know about you can, dude. All, no. all 14. So I, you know, you're, but those you're, guys, have, yeah. those guys have had a great year. Definitely. Definitely. Closing question for you. I always do this right on the podcast. You've listened. There's always a question that I haven't asked or I, I cause Everyone knows I'll send out topics, questions, whatever, but I like to kind of just throw one at you. Okay. If you could coach any basketball player, group of five, and we'll go pro if it's okay with you. Can we go pro? Okay. We're going to go pro because it's my show and I said so. Nice. (laughs) You can coach any group of five, one through five. And obviously it's positionless basketball these days of any time. Who are you coaching? What five guys? So like, am I, I'm just like literally basing it off of everything, like how coachable they're going to be, like the gelling of it all, like the everything. gelling of it all. Yep. And, and give me like, I need like at least two guards, I guess, you know what I mean? Give me some okay, positions. Don't, sure. don't just give me for all, sure. all twos. <laughs> well, you know, we didn't have enough time in the show for me to argue the Aaron Rodgers go debate. Cause. Oh, shoot. Hey, hey, we're bringing you back. We're bringing you back. Uh, bring me back, dude. Cause I could go 40 minutes going, going on that, but you also, I'll tell you what, it. we'll make it a special edition. I love that debate so much. We'll make it a special edition. Go ahead. So and if I, you need a minute, if you need a minute to think about this, go for uh, it. We'll get it rolling. I, 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 I preface that Rogers talk because I'm starting with Michael Jordan. No doubt about it. I need a, I need a dude that's just going to go, you know what? I'm going to go get it. I'm not losing. Like I won't be denied for sure. I'm going Jordan. Um, at point, uh, I'm going to go Steph Curry. Just in my opinion, the best shooter ever. Just like he's just so lethal on the offensive end. Like it is sometimes like when I'm watching him on the defensive end, I'm like, man, he gets exploited a lot on defense because he's a little, he's little for for the NBA, you know. But like you can't make up for that on the other side. Like that, like he opens the floor up for everybody. So, you know, people say MJ didn't shoot threes very well. Well, guess what? If Steph Curry's on his team, he's not going to have to, because like the whole floor is going to be wide open. So I'll go Steph Curry. Um, I am, I am like head of the LeBron James, like hate club, but I don't deny greatness either. Like a small, small forward. You want to call him a small forward. You want to call him a, a point forward. You want to call him a, a whatever, like LeBron James needs to be, like on my my starting five just because like he in my opinion he's the second best uh player ever um unfortunately if i mean if we're going we already got two guards and we already got lebron i guess i'm gonna have to leave kobe off the list just i don't need kobe and mike that's i i can only have very similar players i understand right so i'll I'll take i'll take mike on that um i'm probably going kd at the four um you know just a lethal shooter um, you know, he's, he's not necessarily like the greatest defender, even in his prime, but like, again, it, it's the NBA and, and I'm seeing scores in the one thirties nightly. So we got a good chance of winning. If Katie's on your space on the floor, floor. your space on the floor, mismatches right. all everywhere. Who's your five. Right. And then maybe a hot take might be a hot take, but, uh, I think the most dominant basketball player I've ever watched, including Jordan, all of it is Shaquille O'Neal. So I will go, I'll go Shaq there at five. Um, he might butt heads with, with Michael Jordan a little bit as well. Cause Kobe did. So I'm sure Mike, Mike and Shaq would have butt heads a little bit, but like, dude, he was so dominant. And, and those, those, uh, the three Pete with the Lakers, I know maybe he doesn't do it without Kobe, but man, Kobe does not do it at that point in his career without Shaq. 
like Shaq was just unstoppable force. Like think about if Shaq could have just shot free throws at like 70%, 60, 60%. Like I, the hack of Shaq was created because it's like, we'll take our chances with the, him at the line, as opposed to like him just getting another dunk here, dunk here in the half court. Well, so, and what people yeah. don't talk about, and I know, you know, this hell of a passer too, like an elite passer out of the, out of the post. It wasn't For just sure. give me the ball and I'm going to dunk on you. He was a great passer. Yeah. He could see the floor and like, I think when you think of Shaq, you definitely think of like Lakers Shaq. Right. But dude, if you go back and look at like Magic Shaq before, like he kind of beefed up a little bit. Like, right. dude, when he came out of college, he just, I mean, he looked the part. I mean, he looked the Superman part. Like he yeah. was cut. He yeah. moved really well up and down the floor. And then he got like a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger. And it was just like game over in the post. Yeah. yeah. I love it. So we got Steph, Michael, LeBron, KD, Shaq. What a hell of a five. You have a lot of personalities to deal with. I think you could deal with, I think you would handle it well. So I want to give you a quick um, soliloquy about you though. I want I want you to know this before I let you off the hook on the podcast. We will bring you back right. for a debate. I cannot wait. It'll be great. Yeah. It'll be respectful and fun. You have a really great gift coaching these young people. And I see it because I can feel it. Seeing you light up talking about the season and beating Boylan and then talking about each individual kid. It's really awesome. It's inspiring. And they're very fortunate to have you. Like I know you, right? So mm -hmm. they're fortunate to have you and, and just keep doing it, man. Like really proud of you. Number one. Number two, great job beating Boylan. We love that. Former Belvedere North. Oh, right yeah, here. Let's go, Thank man. you so much. And, and seeing you go from the Bucks to North is cool. I, I love seeing that too. The intermixing there. Mm -hmm. Um, the last thing is well, second to last thing, you sell yourself short when you said high school basketball player. Because I watch and you um, let me explain. You're not selling yourself short. You're maybe you were a limited high school player, but I watched a lot of competitive comp games at the YMCA. You were right when you know the game. There, when I think of the best touch passer I've seen in person, you're one of the best touch passers, and you know what I mean by that. Like the For ball sure. gets hit you, boom, over your head, behind your back, like some insane passing skills. I just think you were also an awesome player, great mid range shot. It's and now knowing your story, I didn't know you were that short because I'd always watch you and be like. Damn, Aaron kind of plays like a point guard. He's like 6'1", 6'2", right? But yeah. uh, I thought you were a hell of a basketball player. So I'm getting that on the record. And the last Appreciate thing is I will, I will see you at Belvedere North Friday night. Katie and I will be there. Got see to. you there, okay? For and, sure. Uh, yeah, man. Thanks for joining us tonight. Will do, man. Had a blast. Thank you.